Thank you, Pankaj, for joining XROM, which is India's first AR, VR, MR podcast. And I'm your host, Eddie Avil. Mr. Pankaj is the founder CEO of Oak Traveler, an immersive augmented reality-based travel app to explore the cultural heritage of India. His background is learning and was the founding member of Liquid. Pankaj, thank you, and it's a pleasure to have you part of uh, XROM. So, so I obviously had a conversation with so you a week back, and it, it was lovely. It was a enlightening conversation for me because you know what I got from the conversation is a you are a great storyteller. You are a passionate entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. Yes. Seriously, and, and you're not just leveraging technology to add value to the business. You, you know what are you doing? You know the travel domain. And, and making money, obviously, but you are also enabling the ecosystem. So that I thought was super awesome. Why your culture trail, trail where the local community also makes makes money. So I believe that's an extremely powerful idea. And uh, I, I think this will uh, you need more more people to do something like that because you know that's the road for an equitable equitable future, right? So let's rewind your journey. And run us through your edutech uh, startup to the current immersive tech world. Sure. So, so my background uh, has been in the education technology space for over two decades. Uh, been in that space, and uh, so content delivery, content curation, training, development, skilling—that has been my forte. And we've been trying to do that kind of intervention and building those inter- intervention for a global audience. And um, so in 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 you know in my travels outside the country uh, you know uh, whether be it for business or for leisure uh, we figured that you know when you, when you go and explore a new place you start with the history of the place right so it all starts from there the built heritage is what you would want to term it so you'll start with a palace a fort a temple or, or a museum that kind of context and and uh, while we were there in the West, specifically in Europe, we thought that, you know, there's uh, the kind of experiences that you get at, at a heritage site in Europe is phenomenal, right? And obviously the kind of marketing they do is also phenomenal in, in that kind of uh, the, the entire ecosystem, how they curate the experience. Uh, but that got us to think, you know, there is so much more in India, right? So this the grandeur and the scale of the monuments is so much more. And what do we have in India? We don't really have the right, authentic, accurate interpretation. And uh, and also, since I love to travel and I travel a lot with my family and friends, you know, the only thing that came to my mind that you go to a monument in India, what we figured was even if you end up hiring a tour guide, right, rest be assured that despite their claims that they are certified by the government, most of them are, are not certified. And they would want to give you, you know, healthy doses of fictitious information about the monument, the heritage, the stories, just because they would want to make your experience more interesting, right? So this probably was one of the big problem statements we wanted to address because uh, it actually dawned on me because my I have a daughter, 12-year-old, and she used to get conflicting messages in her classroom. She used to say, you know what? The tour guide at, at the monument had said something else and my teacher is something else. So my teacher is wrong. It's because the way you basically consume content, you know, while you're, it's like experiential learning, right? When you're traveling, you're learning. So it basically is, has a more deeper impact, right? Rather than, you know, getting a lecture in a, uh, a classroom. So that got me to think that even for me as an Indian, right? If I am basically letting this happen, something is not right. 
So that was a that, that was a trigger which basically said, you know what, let's try and do something, let's fix it. There's so much more that we have to highlight about India. Let's try and figure it out if we can do something with it. So we approached the Archaeological Survey of India and we said, you know, we come with this background of content technology, right? We understand how to curate content for a global audience and different target audience segments. We understand technology. Uh, is there a way that we could really curate experiences for the World Heritage Sites? And we could start with that. And uh, for that, uh, you know, uh, we could use augmented reality on a smartphone because the other problem statement, what we figured was that when you have those tour guides, okay, you don't want to take a tour guide, you have those audio guides. Now, a, a typical scenario is there is a company uh, in Redford, just to give you an example, who basically uh, offers these kind of audio guides. Uh, a typical touristy day at the Redford would really, you can get around 16 to 17,000 visitors as footfall on a day. Now, the amount of devices that they have would be around 300, 350, right? Out of which half will be getting charged or they'll be under maintenance, right? And obviously, there are hygiene issues with the ear pads, all of that. And then to prevent pilferage, they also now expect you to, you know, pay a kind of a small amount as a security deposit. Now, that's a kind of a deterrent. And obviously, um, then they said that, okay, you don't want to pay a security amount, just give us a, an I-card. Now, even Indians are now very sensitive of sharing information, right, at the ticket window. So, so that's a kind of a deterrent. It's not a scalable proposition. And then we figured that there were some audio apps, uh, fantastic production quality, and they were available as well. And but what we figured was with these audio apps, uh, the context was that the kind of language proficiency is, which is required to really comprehend the narration they were actually marked for a higher level of audience. Now coming from, again, drawing in from my experience of content development and delivering uh, you know, training solutions, you have to basically curate the language uh, to an eighth grader level or a ninth grader, right? No more than that. Now with that kind of curation, you're already limiting it to a higher audience segment, which is not basically what we wanted from our perspective, from our roadmap. So we wanted it for a larger audience. So that was the other big point. And we said that let's try and build in some interactivity and the augmented reality part was the crucial piece where we wanted the visitors to start to interact with the points of interest within the heritage site. So that basically took it as a one plus plus to a traditional audio app. So uh, that's where we started. And then with, when we were curating, uh, we got tremendous support from the Archaeological Survey of India. And uh, we were given access to all the world hated sites uh, across the country to do our video shoots and photo shoots for the curation of the content. That was part one. For the archives, uh, they, 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 they mentioned that it's a relatively open archive. You can look at it and obviously there are some experts you could talk to. So, so we figured that ASI content was more technical in nature and was not really suited for the visitors. A normal visitor won't really be able to appreciate the nuances. So at, on a parallel track, we were talking to UNESCO office in Delhi, to INTAC. Uh, the UNESCO office, uh, there was this uh, lady, Moe Chipa, who was very gracious to help us out. And she got us introduced to their knowledge partners who were creating dossiers for the world hated sites in India, right? So some of their knowledge partners are now our knowledge partners. So that took care of the authenticity and the accuracy of the content. So that was a big 
kind of a problem that we tried to solve. So some of our knowledge partners now include uh, uh, Drona Foundation, uh, which, which has been instrumental in getting the heritage tag for Jaipur City. We have Global Heritage Fund in the US. So we have now ICOMOS, which is uh, International Council for Monuments and Sites, an advisory body to the UNESCO World Heritage out of Paris. Uh, we have uh, World Monument Fund recently, we've added that. We have Macmillan Education as part of our school outreach, the Korean Culture Center. Uh, Professor Barry Perlis at Cornell University. So I think we have the right knowledge partner pool ecosystem who have helped us in curating the content for the World Heritage Sites. And I think that's a, that's a crucial big win for us. Uh, uh, so that was part one of built heritage interpretation. Also drawing in from experience, as you would understand, also you can relate to it to yourself, that once you've seen the built heritage, you would want to experience the local flavor of the region, right? So that would be through the local art, craft, food, culture, you know, all, all those nuances, festivals, dance forms, all of that come in play. Now, uh, what we figured was a, another big problem wherein we, uh, you know, from our perspective, when you're visiting a place, the local host communities are, are custodians to the local intangible cultural heritage, whether it be to the local food and art and craft. Now, they were not really involved uh in in the experience in the travel experience of, of a visitor right so they are there's a middle line of business right which is really interacting uh, with this local community buying in authentic products or services from the community at very cheap costs and selling it to the visitor at huge profits now what was happening is that the tourism dollars are not really moving or transitioning to the community now that was what that led to is, and we were invited by the World Bank in one of our sessions to figure out how we can, you know, pluck this gap. We figured in Agra again, and it's it's actually the same situation across the country. Um, you know, uh, the the local artisans and the craftsmen or the or the communities in the local trade, they don't want now their future generations to be working on their craft, traditional craft, right. because right. it lacks economic viability. Now, if there's no economic viability, that means if they're moving away from the trade, then the traditional intangible cultural heritage of our country is slowly going to die out. It's already right. getting diluted. Right. It's already getting diminished. So how do we fix this problem? Again, using technology and the same platform of Traveler. So we said that we would want to build self-guided walks, right? Using geolocation, navigation, augmented reality. And you get your narration and we curate these experiences with the local community and the knowledge partners, right? And I'll, I'll share a little more on that. Uh, so, so while as a visitor, I am walking on a trail, I also get to uh, a kind of a connection with the community because the community experiences are geotagged on my route. Right. So if there's an artisan workshop and there's a local culinary shop or a, a kind of a meditation class for that matter, all of those nuances really get connected. So from a visitor perspective, my my aspiration of getting experiential immersive experience in my travel journey, it really gets completed from a because I'm connecting with the community. I'm also getting this kind of a, a, a sensitization on the nuances of the traditional crafts that they are following 
right? And once I get that level of appreciation, I'm also getting that kind of a recommendation that if you have, I would want to buy stuff as a souvenir, I buy it directly from the community. Right. So that's where the sustainable livelihood model is what we are trying to evolve right, in, in, in that context, right? So, and, and also from the perspective that uh, when we talk about sustainable livelihoods for the communities, it should not be also only dependent on the tourism cycle or the travel cycle, right, in the season. So it should have a kind of a throughout the year impact. So we're also providing the community an online curated marketplace where they can actually push forth their unique products or services, which are local to their region, onto the online e-commerce plate, right? So if I am a visitor, I visited a place, I like something, I can order it again. Right. So, so that's that's where the the livelihood model really evolves. What we also figured was also drawing in or from our experience in the uh, training scaling space was that there is a need for capacity development, right? So, if there is a generation of tourism traffic onto a trail, and you're connecting them to the community, and there is a demand for their products or services, then they will need to have more of their people to be trained on that craft or art form, right? right? right, right. So for that, uh, we have a tie-up with the uh, uh, FIKI. Uh, FIKI is an industry body, SEDF. So they have this program called GVCA or Sustainable Livelihoods, right? So we are dovetailing into the tourism vertical in some way. We have these kind of partnerships like FIKI, SEDF and some more mm -hmm. who actually specialize in capacity development, okay? And through this, uh, there is a model where FIKI can also front end this entire model. So if there are any CSR level mandates uh, of an organization, they can actually approach FIKI, SEDF, say that I want to push this, uh, you know, double impact model of sustainable livelihood with traditional art forms and preserving and promoting them. So it can actually evolve from that perspective as well. So that's the second wing that we have, the second spoke. So the third spoke is in the education space. So we come, so I come from that domain and uh, we couldn't have let it go, right? And this was one of the problem statements we wanted to address anyhow uh, with my daughter getting incorrect <laughs> messaging, right? So uh, so we, we with, with our right knowledge partners and authentic content, uh, we approached Macmillan Education in India and we said that, you know, uh, it, we, we would want to basically co-create certain nuances where the, the World Heritage Site, uh, they really lack uh, the appreciation. Yeah, the current generation, uh, the kids, they go to a site, they, it's more like a picnic spot for them or a photo opportunity, an Instagram opportunity. So how can we evolve these spaces as knowledge dissemination zones, right? And uh, so, so from that perspective, they said, yeah, we love this idea. Let's try and co-create something out of this. So we've basically now managed to evolve uh, a kind of an activity book series for each of the heritage sites and it's mapped to the grade level and it's multidisciplinary. So by multidisciplinary, what I really mean is that it will have spokes into mathematics, geometry, creative arts, history, of course, English, uh, general knowledge, all of that really coming in. So just to give you some examples, if we are at the Kutub complex, we talk about the Arun not Rusty, right? Then the con uh, concept of metallurgy really comes in. If you're talking about domes, squinches on the monument structures, geometry comes in play. 
if you talk about different ticket prices for Indians versus South nationals versus foreigners, algebraic expressions would come in play. If you're talking about Taj Mahal going green, yellow, air quality index comes in place. So whatever concepts the kids are really picking up at school, they get to apply those concepts and the premise is a world heritage site. So while they basically are able to relate to it, they get to apply their concepts on different subjects and also in the process develop that appreciation of the rich cultural heritage that we have and the built heritage. And also therefore, once they have that sensitization, we are hoping that they are going to evolve as better custodians than us for our world heritage. So that's the third spoke that we have. And uh, what we've also tried to align uh, are, are three different mandates with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, right? So for the built heritage interpretation, it's uh, aligned with 11.4 11, 11 to be specific. And since we're looking at augmented reality and aspects of VR also are, is part of the platform, there's uh, SDG 10, which is basically easy access, right? For people with mobility issues, they can also get that kind of an experience. Then for the sustainable livelihood model, there is 12B, 8.9, 8.3. And then for the school education bit, it's 4.7. So that's, that's the story. And that's the project, all of uh, which I wanted to share about. How cool was that? But it was completely, completely engaging. I was taking each and every bit of it. You know, you started with the problem, the problem with these poor guys spreading misinformation. And there you were as an avid traveler who loves traveling. You wanted to solve that problem genuinely, right? And, and, and you took the right technology. You know, you, you said that there is like for the Red Fort, there are close to, I mean, 10,000 or more people who come over there on a daily basis. But now with augmented reality, instead of going for an audio app or things like that, you can use your own phone. How smart is that? Right. And, and you can create storytelling. And when you're creating storytelling or, or, or these walkthrough cultural trails, it's interactive, it's fun, it's gamified. And not just that, you're creating a sustainable livelihood for the local community by engaging them also, which I think is a brilliant, brilliant uh, uh, way to look at it. And since you've been in, in the education industry, now you're, edu you're leveraging that also option and bringing in immersive education I, I think it is is super super awesome because the the world is evolving so fast. You know, with COVID, everything which was in a creeping mechanism is suddenly being accelerated, and we need entrepreneurs such as yourself who understand that this ten years is going to be the most awesome ten years in human Absolutely. history, and you have to leverage all those. Uh, uh, or, or these new technologies and not just leverage all that, but you, you should also enable the local community. And I think that's what you're doing. So I think that's brilliant. So let's 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 kind of like talk with because as an entrepreneur, I'm seriously interested and in awe with entrepreneurs such as yourself who go out and build partners. I see that extremely challenging. Now you have tied up with uh, so many organizations. How do you go about doing that and convincing them to give their archives content? How does that work? Right. So, so uh, you know, when we started uh, this entire project, right, the entire vision, 
um, everybody uh, who's from the fraternity, right, uh, whether we pitched it to UNESCO or to ASI for that matter, and even in intact for that matter, uh, they could resonate with with the with the problem statements, right? So they could understand, yes, this is a big problem that there is, and is there a way that we could fix it? To which we said that let's try and pilot out certain things, which is where it all started. And even though uh, UNESCO as a body, I, I think we, we we do not have a formal association with UNESCO till now, but UNESCO really helped us reach to the right stakeholders, right? So right now. Uh, if I look at our industry partnerships, right, then there are global partnerships, right, from um, World Monument Fund uh, or, or the Global Heritage Fund or ICOMOS, which is the advisory body to UNESCO. So obviously, they're also helping us get aligned to the SDG goals. So obviously, we're reaching there, right, with Professor Barry Perlis at Cornell University. I think these people, these professionals have worked on the heritage sites, so they understand that whatever they've been working on is largely preservation of the heritage site and whatever is being preserved also needs to be interpreted in the right way right lovely lovely super so so tell me you know with the current situation right now the travel industry is completely impacted right you know, because of covid you know, nobody wants yeah. nobody's even thinking about taking a flight or going out so in, in, in a situation like this what role do you see of technology in business continuity. Now, with COVID-19, as one would understand, uh, people are not traveling, right? But but when travel really starts to open up, it will be domestic travel as everybody, um, you know, it's, it's everybody's guess. So that's the natural thing, most natural thing which will happen. And short driving holidays, uh, driving within the city as well, right? Just going on for a drive with your family and friends. Uh, so what we've tried to do is we are now recalibrating quickly our, our backend systems where we are through our knowledge partner ecosystems and our connections with the local community, we are now giving them a platform to really come into Orb Traveler. And if they are the ones, and typically when you do have a kind of a heritage walk or a cultural train, the local community players, the small mom and pop, uh, you know, kind of businesses are the ones who are actually conducting these trains. And obviously, there are some other, uh, you know, entities who basically have deep, deep passion for the space who actually do these, conduct these walks. So it could be artists or or, or culinary chefs or, or architects for that matter. So we said we thought that probably this is the time for us to actually open up our platform for the local community businesses who actually conduct these experiences, right? because they understand their community, they understand their tradition, they understand their culture, and they're, they're a kind of a different profile from a standard tour guide that you get at a monument, right? So they have more deeper understanding of that. So so our, our, our mandate now is that we open up the platform and get them to author and build their own trails that they've been doing pre-COVID now. So like they say, never let it go crisis to waste. We are giving them an opportunity to utilize this time to create their own experiences onto our traveler under their own name, right? So just like you have those Udemy, Udacity platforms where you can actually come in and author your own courses and sell it, I think that's what our traveler is all, all going to be because we can't do everything on our own, right? So obviously some of the experiences will be vetted by our exports and whichever is vetted, you get a kind of a chef special blue tape, right? 
and some of them probably will not be wedded to the last extent but we'll let it be right so that's how it is going to evolve so by the time covid 19 really subsides the impact of that subsides and people start to explore and venture out in the cities all of that uh, they have a digital scale right so so earlier to covid if you look at it they would be conducting one heritage walk a day with 8 10 people now it's a digital platform and through our business partner ecosystem that we are trying to evolve we have our partnerships with TripAdvisor, with Yatra, with Bird Group, um, and then Macmillan Education, all of that. They have their own digital intervention, which is generating revenue day on day on our traveler. Now they have more time on their hands. So what they do, they actually move up the value chain and work with the communities in evolving some immersive experiences. So it could be a cookery class. It could be a pottery making. It could be block printing. So all of that. It's higher up the value chain. The larger community gets into the picture and you basically earn more money out of it. And the traditional art form and the culture, you know, because it's getting more promotion, it's also getting preserved. So it's a kind of a win-win situation that we're trying to evolve with this. Lovely, super. Uh, again, I mean, you know, you enabling the local community to build their own trails is, is superb, you know, so you're using this time rather than, you know, letting it go to waste. So that again, I, I, I think it's brilliant. So tell me about Talk Traveler. Are you guys funded? Is it or, or it's bootstrapped? And how do you generate revenue? You are enabling obviously others. How does Talk Traveler uh, monetize? So right now we are bootstrapped. Right. Uh, it's all self-funded. Right. Um, the 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 mandate of our traveler is is really because the platform is a technology platform, as one would understand. It has a, a global kind of an application use case, right? So we started with India. We've done around nine now nine UNESCO World Heritage Sites of the Golden Triangle. So the Golden Triangle is done, mm. right? We've done the first walk uh, in Jaipur. Uh, which is at Chokri Modi Khana, which is again in the UNESCO World City area, and uh, where we onboarded the local Tadera community, right, which is a traditional brassmiths onto the walk. And uh, obviously, that was pre-COVID, uh, all of that. And uh, uh, and that walk essentially has also been enlisted in the UNESCO Creative Cities report. So it's been documented that this is the way to do it. So that that having said, we thought that. Probably uh, uh, in Q1, as per our original plan, we had to really roll out uh, formally into the market, you know, with our business partnerships in place and in trying and evolving a B2B linkages, B2B to C largely. We really didn't want to go B2C, right? So from that perspective, we wanted to go out, but unfortunately, COVID-19, you know, played a trick on us, right? So so what we uh, rather now are focusing on uh, is uh, we've speed tracked our school education outreach with Macmillan Education. So Macmillan has access to 25,000 plus schools, 3 million kids in a year. And uh, they're already heading now, the sales stream is getting onboarded and the activity books along with the app experience and all of that is going up. So that's part one, which we are basically evolving. Uh, the second part is uh, there are certain, um, uh, should I say, projects that we are working on at, on a parallel channel, right? Because the B2B thing will take some time. So there, there is a kind of a project that we evolved in uh, Ladakh with uh, 
the king of Ladakh in this, under the patronage of Stoke Palace Heritage Initiative, uh, in, in which we are trying to create Stoke Village as a heritage village and a sustainable village. So obviously technology or travel will be a part of it, but there's a larger kind of a mandate that we are revolving over there, wherein we would want to make Stoke as a 100% self-sustainable village, uh, which basically highlights the tangible and intangible heritage. Uh, you know, nuances of Buddhism. Uh, it's, it's a living Buddhist heritage in some way. We did a small pilot project for Rajasthan State Archives Museum in Bikaner, where we used uh, 3D scanning methodology to actually map the new museum, which was just recently inaugurated by the chief minister in August uh, third week. So, so those are the other nuances that we are evolving, right, uh, along with uh, till the time this COVID impact really subsides. So we are trying to engage with these smaller projects, which will basically help us keep, you know, uh, the, the sustainability uh, model really evolves within Off Traveler. Uh, and, but on, on, on a parallel uh, channel, we also have some more interesting discussions that we are having with hospitality industry. So India hotels, the Taj group, they're also interested to see. So we're evolving. So we're evolving certain models along with different mandates of, of different verticals. The certain knowledge partners who are assisting us on a, on a revenue share model. And there are certain knowledge partners who are just doing it out of goodwill, right? So that is one part of it. From our business uh, ecosystem partners, uh, there are certain, again, partners who are just doing it out of goodwill like TripAdvisor. So um, just to give you an example, the TripAdvisor nearby Hidden Gems top bubble rated content is now available on our Traveler platform, right? And the interesting part in that is that you don't need to switch apps, you know, when you're exploring a new place. So if I'm on a heritage trail or I'm exploring a monument, then it's and I would want to see what are the top bubble rated restaurants nearby in the vicinity. I could get that level of content. But more importantly, our engagement with TripAdvisor is more deeper in, than that. So by, by that, I mean is that if I'm curating a trail and I'm onboarding or geotagging a community business, then that data has to go to TripAdvisor and they populate it on their maps as well. Right. So that means even if for people who are not really uh, using Oct Traveler, they still get to know there's an authentic experience on TripAdvisor. Right. And that's where our commitment towards community livelihood really evolves. But coming back. So because of this mandate of Oct Traveler, they did not charge us anything. There's a normal fee to really get this content onto our platform, so they did not charge us. But on the other side, there is this association that we have with Yatra, for that matter. So there's an experiences section or book my show on, from that perspective. So there is a kind of a revenue share model that really evolves. So there, is, there will be a kind of an online ticketing space for monument entry tickets, right? So off traveler experience could be highlighted in right. that context, right. right? So, or vice versa. From a B2C eventual perspective is that uh, because we have this systems at the background, right? And the roadmap, how it's evolving, it's, it will largely be following a SaaS model, right? So if we, once we have more footfall, more traction onto the platform, and you are in a, say, cannot place or, or say uh, your Kolaba area in Bombay, right? And then you're roaming around. So you can actually say that's okay. Cafe coffee day 
is a subscriber to the platform they can actually author and send in uh, specific deals to people who are using our product so using augmented reality can say oh, there's a kind of a coin hanging outside you know what doctor other this discount for you inside okay so those are the kind of nuances which will eventually evolve out of this with so the business ecosystem also really comes in play the third part is also uh, which we are uh, about to start very soon is um a kind of a cultural treasure hunt game for each of the cities right so we're going to be starting so we have an in principle alignment with our partners uh, uh, with book my show with intact also uh, as our knowledge partners and the idea is to evolve uh, a treasure hunt game equivalent to the lines of uh, pokemon go right so while so it, there's a separate model which will evolve out of this so you can actually go around and play the game in specific areas in the city i've been proposing that to to, to sundar nursery aga khan foundation as well because sundar sundar nursery is an interesting kind of an area in delhi it's a 90 acre biodiversity park with heritage sites built heritage and the natural heritage over there so i think quite a few interesting options can evolve out of that Uh, yeah so so that is uh, from from the monetization aspect and obviously school outreach is a different model that's again revenue share with macmillan lovely lovely super i mean you know you you've put your hands almost every every possible places now which of those places or which of those sector avenues juices for is, is obviously any any anybody's guess right so so yes I, i'm super excited because i, I think uh, AR VR MR stands to completely disrupt the travel industry the traditional travel travel industry so far all of the industries if you go they they still holding on to the traditional ways of the, the the way they function and that according to me is the reason why uh things are not moving forward because people are comfortable with what they have they don't want to accept the new you know th- there is someone like you and i'm taking in all the information you put your hands everywhere you're looking at you're you're so open because you you're trying to look at the education side you're looking at the knowledge partner side you're looking at the content creation side you enabling the community you you trying to figure out more additional values like gamified content and there's so much that one can do but yes i mean currently there are issues with you know the real monetization i mean if you go to see i mean india i think we have close to around 200 Plus startups, but I think just a handful of them got any funding, and and, and those few, like few commission jobs which are there, you know that there is a huge hustle to you know capture that 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 job. So it it is challenging because it, it's in nascent stage and all all of those. But I think soon things are going to change because COVID has kind of made people realize that you have to. accept and adapt these uh, ex- uh, uh, exponential technologies because they are those tools which stands to redefine our coming future so 
I am doing my part to build a community, build an e- ecosystem, build a sustainable ecosystem for the AR VR industry because there is so much talent over here. You know, that's the reason I set up Immersion or XRO or this podcast. The whole idea is to create awareness and educate people about this technology which can transform mankind, right? So because AR VR, uh, MR, I think it's projected to be a 1.5 trillion market by 20. 2030. That's what PWC has claimed, right? So, so, right. so, so, what do you think, according to you, should be done to create a sustainable AR VR industry here in India? If you look at it, our, our core is not technology. The core is the problem, and definitely the technology is the layer on top of it, which we are trying to utilize. So, if we look at um, even from that perspective, and I would want to add this. If there is a capacity development problem at hand, then we have a separate platform that we've also evolved, right? In a sister company. So that's that's how we are approaching it. For anything to be sustainable, I think the problem statements need to be highlighted and those need to be fixed. And that's what we are focusing in, in that context. Lovely. So what, what, what comes next for you and what comes next for Octran? I think uh, very interesting times. I, I would say that, uh, you know, uh, with, with the validations that we've got and uh, interestingly, uh, and I would want to just highlight this, uh, is that in my experience, uh, you know, of over 20 years, I've, I've, I've largely worked outside the country, right, in international geographies and markets, so to say. And uh, this was one specific project which I wanted to start in India or India, right? Uh, though we, we got some initial traction, we got the recognition, we were also nominated as one of the top two most innovative startups by Invest India with Ministry of Tourism uh, in the Tourism Conclave. We were part of the global uh, India Innovation Story in the Global Entrepreneurship Summit. We've been also highlighted as one of the top uh, you know, four uh, startups in the Indian subcontinent by World Tourism Forum in Lucent and all of those nuances. I think we're getting more eyeballs at this time uh, from outside the country, right? So even if you want to build certain experiences in India, I think uh, what we've been experiencing is there are certain discussions outside the country who are interested to build those experiences within India and outside as well. Uh, that is uh, somewhere uh, kind of a uh, not a very comfortable position for me or uh, um, not to say that I'm not happy that we, we are having these discussions. But, but the point is that despite the larger halahu of the startup ecosystem of digital India, specifically with the government, I think we see it, 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 there is more kind of an action on specific projects, uh, which are, you know, there has to be an output to all the talk that you do, right? So if there is kind of a, a nuance uh, approach by the institutions, by the governments, by the universities. They have a lot of capital, by the way. Universities are rich. So I, I think the point is that there has to be someone coming in out onto the front saying that, okay, this is a problem you want to address. Let's work with the startups in the ecosystem. I think that is what I feel uh, is missing at this time in some way. Obviously, there are certain spots where we get all the right validations. There are some very good positive stakeholders that we have in the government who have helped us, you know, align our mandates. But I think now we are at that inflection point of really taking it out and proving our hypothesis 
of the different business models that I just explained. It was a pleasure talking to you. I think you're doing some exceptionally awesome stuff. If I was an investor, I'd be putting my money behind you. If I was the Thank government, you. I'd be supporting you because you know we need more entrepreneurs such, such as yourself because I can see the passion you have created some fantastic uh, partnerships, you know, uh, and, and that's the core because you've already laid down the foundation. You've laid down those seeds which is eventually going to grow in this beautiful uh, trees, which is going to blossom for you, right? So I, I'm, I'm super excited to, of, of what you're doing. And I, I do really hope that, you know, we have more entrepreneurs such as yourself. And I hope that the government supports. And I mean, we're talking about the Atmanirbar uh, uh, stimulus package of 20 lakh yeah. crore. But, you know, I mean, come on. It seems to be like an uh, advertising gimmick, right? Nobody knows where the money is. And to be, in all mm -hmm. honesty, the fiscal impact of the 22 lakh crore stimulus package that they're talking about is just about 80,000 crores. And how many people know about that? But if you Google it, you'll know that the fiscal Im uh, uh, impact of, of the Atman Nirbar 22 lakh crore that you're talking about is only 80,000 crores or, or stuff like that. Even that, that money is actually going to only the banks, the big banks, and those big corporations, the geos and, and the big corporations. We need to nurture and nudge these entrepreneurs who are creating the future. Like I said in the beginning of the conversation, that the next 10 years from here is going to be the most awesome 10 years in human history. What we do right now will create a beautiful future. Yes, COVID has impacted us, but it's also, I think, given as an opportunity to encash that this time and, and create a beautiful future, which I see you doing, and and, and it's in, inspiring to you know hear from you what are you doing, you know, and I, I really wish you the very best. I'm, I'm obviously super excited about Thank augmented so reality, much. virtual reality, because I believe that another couple, uh, another couple of years, like you said, I mean, you, you're doing something in in scanning the, the some, some you said somewhere in Rajasthan, the museum, right? How cool is that i think in another 10 years we will another five years possibly we will have a glasses which will be more uh, you know which will convert your, your mobile and phone into one wearable device where you'll be able to Absolutely. walk there will be an ai uh, assistant who will be telling you or you know uh, talking you through the trail and explaining Absolutely. you what is where where is and, and you'll be able to see everything in complete 3d how you experience thing in, in real life so i'm super excited and yes i think you'll be able to anchor whatever you want you know you'll be able to anchor digital objects and, and you'll be able to leave those digital objects for anybody who's coming supposing so, so if you see, put an yeah. art anybody can color it and it'll be like a hive mind you know there's so much one can do v the very best for you Pankaj. i think you're doing a superb superb awesome job uh, and to my listeners if you like what you see in here thank please you press so the subscribe much. button until next time see you guys bye bye thank you thank you Pankaj. really appreciate this all right thank you so much really appreciate it thank you